Welcome back to another episode of the Leading Saints podcast. If you've enjoyed content on this podcast, it's important that I tell you about the Leading Saints newsletter that we send out every week. This newsletter keeps you up to date on all the current Leading Saints content releases, including podcasts, articles, online events, and even live events that might be happening in your own area. In this newsletter, we also recommend some past episodes and written articles that you don't want to miss. Each week, we include additional leadership perspectives and thoughts that you can only find in the weekly newsletter. So you definitely don't want to miss out. To subscribe to the weekly newsletter, simply text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org slash subscribe. Again, text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org slash subscribe so you don't miss any future Leading Saints content. It's time for another How I Lead episode on the Leading Saints podcast. My name is Kurt Frankham. You uh, are probably familiar with me and my voice if you've been listening for a while. If you're brand new, it's important that you know a few things about who we are and what we do. Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And so what we do is we create phenomenal content worth sharing, which we hope you do. Share this to somebody who would benefit from it as well. And uh, hopefully through these discussions of leadership and articles that are written on our website at leadingsaints.org, newsletters we put out, all this content hopefully uh, inspires you and up leading better in in various aspects of your life, both at home, at church, at work, wherever it is that you are a Latter-day Saint, which is, you know, everywhere. And in this How I Lead episode, we talk with Charlotte Gettle, and she is a stake young women's president, also has experience as a ward young women's president, and it is phenomenal. I think you'll love the content, the ideas she shares, very pandemic applicable. We recorded this in February of 2021, and so she gives some great ideas that her stake is doing. Also talk about how she runs and manages the stake or helps manage the stake youth council. Really great ideas, presidency meetings, class presidency meetings. We cover a lot and you're going to love it. So here is my interview with Sharla Gettle, stake young women's president. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down through the power of the internet with Sharla Gettle. How are you, Sharla? Just fine. Thank you, Kurt. Good. Well, where is it that you live? So I live in Newburgh, Oregon, just south of Portland. Nice. Nice. And born and raised in that area or how did you? No, I was born and raised in, in Arizona. I'm a, I'm a sunshine girl and I, and I came to the clouds, but (laughs) it's been a really beautiful area to live in. Nice. And you are the stake young women's president. How long have you had that calling? Yes. Stake young women's president. I've had this calling for almost uh, a year and a half. Oh, great. Great. So a lot of that year and a half has been during a shutdown and pandemic times. And uh, yes, absolutely. And there's no handbook for this. I mean, maybe they, we can write one once we're done with all this, but it couldn't have been published fast enough. Things have exactly. been changing too fast. Yeah. It just keeps getting stranger. So as we do in these, how we lead interviews, I've asked you to prepare some different principles and points, leadership thoughts that you, uh, that you lead by, and we'll just see what we can learn from you. Not that you figured it out or cracked the code, but, uh, hopefully there's some perspective that, uh, will, uh, brighten the, this type of calling for other youth leaders. So I'm just curious, like how has it been during the pandemic? The Northwest was hit hard early on with the pandemic and, and COVID. And so what, what's it been like in your neck of the woods? So uh, state youth conferences have been 
and state youth activities um, certainly cannot happen in person. Those have been completely shut down. So we've been struggling to try and find ways to help the youth in our state connect. Our state covers a large geographic area. It's almost um, the size of a small town. And so we have a large area that we're trying to cover and it's been difficult to try and help all of the youth get together. Nice. And that's still the, that's still happening where this is February recording this February 17th, 2021. And so you guys are still completely shut down, not going, doing any church services in person. We are able to have some um, members meet in person, however, um, but that's only about 25% of our congregation. Everyone else is joining by Zoom. Our Our weekly youth activities have also been shut down in person since November, and we're just barely being able to start initiating in-person activities on a, on a limited basis, but that won't even start for another couple of weeks. Nice. So I, I want to jump into some of the, the principles here because one of them really relates well to just this shutdown. You know, I've, I've noticed, and you mentioned it too in, your, in our correspondence before, that in the beginning, we tried a lot of, we tried to get creative with Zoom or virtual meetings. And, and when teenagers are, were already on Zoom for school and things, it just was one more Zoom meeting that they didn't want to do. And it was hard to really make it, you know, mm-hmm. sincere or fun. And so you talked about, you know, having hold events that are shared experiences without being virtual. Maybe explain how you go about doing that. Sure. We had to be rather inventive in the beginning. One of the activities that was particularly successful for us, we held a phone-a-thon bingo game, which took some planning and coordinating, but it actually ended up um, covering so many bases and helping the youth learn some good skills. So the way the, way the game worked is youth would register. We had an online form on our website, on our stake website that youth registered for the game. And we explained the rules really clearly to parents and youth on exactly how the game would be played. The youth agreed to allow their contact information to be shared as as in connection with this game, but they would be given a bingo card. And that bingo card would have 25 names of other youth in the stake that had registered. And their goal was to have a five minute conversation with each youth on that board within a one week period. So we had a start time and end time, and they tried to connect with as many of these youth as possible within that one week period. So a, a texting conversation didn't cut it. No, it had to be it had to be voice to voice. Absolutely. That was one of the clear rules. And so it allowed so many of these youth to get over their hesitation of having a phone conversation. It's it's really shocking how many of the youth would, you know, rather run 10 miles than have a phone conversation. And so <laughs> this really helped them practice their skills within the course of this game. We estimated that more than 500 phone calls took place um, just within this one week period. And so they had so much practice. The first couple of conversations were very um, nerve wracking, I'm sure. And so we gave them some prompts. But then by the, you know, the fifth or 10th conversation, it became so much easier for them and they felt comfortable talking on the phone. One of the key aspects of this game was that we didn't give any phone numbers out they had to track down these people in their stake. So they had to download the church app in order to have stake phone numbers. 
and they had to call parents in order to get the phone number of their youth who would be unlisted. So it required them to not only talk to adults or not only talk to children, but also to adults. Yeah. And it, it really helped us jump that hurdle of helping these youth be motivated to set up a church account. And that leads to so many different aspects because now they can set up an account for family search. Now they can set up the account mm. for the living app. And it just created this ripple effect and to make our other programs more effective as well. I love that. I love that. So was this a initiated on the stake level? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this was done, discussed at Stake Youth Council. Um, the Stake Youth Council really um, spearheaded a great portion of the activity. So we've, we've done something that's um, rather unique. Um, I have integrated the co-president of the Stake Youth Council. So typically there's two co-presidents, a, um, a priest and then one of the oldest female members in the Stake Youth Council become the co-presidents. And that female co-president I've integrated as an honorary member of my stake presidency. And so she is on hand and to, to give us counsel and advice and to give her input on decisions that we make. And I've also asked two of the oldest young women in the stake to fill a special assignment as her assistants. Together, we form what we're calling the Young Women Board. And these uh, three youth members of the Young Women Board really um, played a key role in making that activity successful. They created all of the graphics. They um, created all of the... Um, uh, the communication, they made a video with the other youth in order to explain how the game was played. Um, their enthusiasm really played a key role in making it exciting and effective. Hmm, that's, that's fantastic. So I want to come back to this uh, as far as the Stake Youth Council and, and how you run things. But so the, the game, you uh, it, it sort of the talk started at the Stake Youth Council level and mm -hmm. then and then it was organized. So these names, so on the, it's a typical bingo card, right? Did you... Sure pre-fill in the names before? Yes. So all the names are pre-filled in and I just used an online bingo generator in order okay. to create the bingo card. When the youth registered, they had to, they gave us an email address. And so on the same, uh, the night before the game would start, I emailed each individual registered youth, their individual bingo card. Hmm. Gotcha. And so with, with, is each bingo card different? Like, is that what the, yes. yeah. the bingo, bingo card does? has a different combination of youth on it? So we so we don't have a very large stake and um, we had about 80 youth who registered for our game. Yeah. And so we're there. I'm thinking of the typical bingo. There's 25 spaces mm -hmm. on the 25 bingo spaces. Game. Yeah. And, and so, so there were prizes. Names. Yeah. You got a prize for a blackout. You got a prize for a bingo getting, um, you know, five across, but we also offered an incentive for all of the youth. This, this took place over the summer and the, they had just gotten done with school. They were totally just zoned out in zoom activities. They were missing their friends. They weren't able to spend any time outside of their family. And so we rented out the local drive-in, which happens to be in, in my small town of Newburgh, Oregon. There's an awesome drive-in and we rented out the drive-in from um, the couple who owns it who are so generous and kind. 
and invited all of the participants and their families to come to the drive-in at the end of the game. And that was really the cherry on top. We had such a wonderful time and they were able to at least see one another, even though it was a safe and social distant um, environment. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. So, and, and you didn't give them any like conversation starters, you just said five minute conversation about whatever. We did it. We did give them some conversation starters, like maybe, okay. maybe five or six, but they really didn't need them after the second or third conversation. You know, by the time you're getting through 25 conversations, it becomes so much more natural and, and easy. And that was really the goal. We wanted these youth to be able to just recognize that there was another child on the other end of that phone who just wanted to reach out and talk to someone. And I, and I really feel like that came home for, for them. So many of the um, conversations that I had after the event were for, from these youth who just felt that they connected with someone that they didn't even know before. There were a couple of people who got dates off of the activity. Oh, nice. nice. We'll <laughs> check know, back so. in a decade and see if anybody got married, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so what was the, the, uh, the week-to-week upkeep? So how long did it go? And then how did you, was it like an email every week that you sent out to keep people engaged in it? Or No, it was only a week-long period. So oh, they, we okay. started on a Saturday and we ended on a Saturday. And they emailed me directly if they had a blackout or a bingo. And so I kept a tally. And the first, the first 10 who got a blackout, got a blackout, got to choose a blackout prize which I ordered on Amazon and shipped to them free, oh, free nice. shipping. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then um, the first 10 bingos also got a smaller prize, which I ordered on Amazon and sent to them directly. <laughs> <laughs> so everything was done very, very virtual, but it was, it was, um, that those first several days, oh, I was inundated with emails. So whoever manages an activity like this needs to be prepared. Yeah. Maybe even but, have a team that's handling it or something. There you yeah. go. I had to keep a running tally of, you know, how many prizes I was giving out. And so we were able to do it under a reasonable, reasonable budget. Yeah. And then um, how did the movie drive-in movie was that Saturday at the end of the week? Or mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Cool. And then by that time, everybody's warmed up. They've talked to each other. And yes, uh, yes. There were, there were a number of youth who came and said, who is this person? I want to find out who they are. Can you point them out to me? And that was good. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool, man. That, if everybody's got their, uh, their money's worth just from, from that idea, I think that's great. And I love just these activity ideas that are, they're not just fun, but like there's a connection component to it, or, you know, there's not just, just to distract them or try and, mm-hmm. you know, do a tap dance in front of them to, to entertain them for a time, but there's real value and connection in them. I, I love that. So I'm curious with this, your, with the, how you structure your youth council. And I haven't been close enough to some of these callings to really know what the handbook says and the guidance you give there. But maybe just tell us how, as a, a stake you know, women's president, you've approached the of running an effective stake youth council. Sure. So the stake youth council really guides the overall decision making of our stake youth activities. And it is attended by the class presidents and the quorum presidents for each of the boards throughout the stake. We come together once a month and discuss the agenda for the stake activities going forward. Those meetings are, and those discussions are led by two youth members of the council. And they're the called the co-presidents of the stake youth council. One is a female and one is a male. They, um, 
And so they collaborate together on on leading the discussion and deciding on the agenda for for each meeting. Prior to the Stake Youth Council, the Stake Youth Leadership Committee, (laughs) this is a fairly new term, so you got to get them all straight, but the Stake Youth Leadership Committee consists of the stake president who is in charge of the youth, also the stake young men's presidency, the stake young women's presidency, any high council members that are over the youth, and also the co-presidents of the Stake Youth Council. Okay. And that's like Um, handbook direction as far as who's on that committee, right? Exactly. So we meet prior, we set up an agenda for the co the, for the youth council meeting coming thereafter. And then from that point in that state youth council meeting, we should be given assignments as far as who does what, who organizes what, and then we go forward from there and report back the next monthly meeting. Okay. So the state youth leadership council, that that's all that consists of all adults or the co- that's the adults and then also the leaders of the state youth council who are youth. Okay. And I, because I've asked two young women to act as assistants to the co-president, they also attend that state youth leadership council gotcha. meeting. So there's a handful of youth in that, but then you, mm-hmm. you move into, it's in, it's with the intent of moving into the state youth council with some plans and agenda ideas and, and then they mm-hmm. can counsel from there, right? That's right. And then we get their feedback from the youth in general and and then pick from a, a list of ideas on which ones they would like to see going forward and then make assignments. Yeah. So is there any uh, unique approaches? And maybe you mentioned a few of them as far as that maybe you wouldn't find in the handbook that you've maybe adapted for what you're doing. So we found that having more youth in leadership positions allows us to have more youth visibility to the other leaders in the stake. For example, the assistant to the female co-president, she was able to lead another youth activity. She was the one who was out front, just welcoming everyone, you know, calling the prayer and having the opportunity for her to be visible allows other class presidents and quorum presidents to see, hey, this is something that I could do. It's so much more relatable when you see it coming from another youth than it is coming from an adult. So the more often that we can push that visibility of leadership from an adult position onto a youth position, it it just is more effective for all of the youth leaders throughout the stake. They're able to see more relevant examples of how someone asks questions to an adult in a leadership position, how to give direction to an adult in a leadership position, how to ask them to fill an assignment, how to fill an assignment when you're given one. It, Mm -hmm. It helps them recognize that they have the capacity and the flexibility to truly be the leader in any council when they see another youth filling out that role and and pushing the limits of that flexibility. They're able to recognize that there are very uh, much fewer limitations than they think there are. Yeah. And so those youth are able to fill their roles better. And that visibility of that youth leader is primarily in that council meeting or does it happen outside of that council meeting? Outside of it as well. In any of the state youth activities, they're really taking on the leadership role as much as possible. Okay. So they may be the one on the mic, you know, talking to the group Absolutely. or they may be working behind the scenes or asking certain people to do things with that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for example, like on the bingo activity, it was the youth who were making all the communications. So they made a poster, they made a video, they made the bingo card, they made um, the movie ticket. 
and they were passing them out. They were the ones who were emailing them to people and saying, or put, posting it on Instagram. And so when that communication is coming from the youth, I feel like it's just much more effective. Oh yeah. Right. And it, I mean, talk about a training ground. That's just so great for the future, you know? So I'm just thinking what, what guidance would you give to adult youth leaders to help initiate that, that youth leader or help them feel, feel ownership to step up and do that? Cause I can see a lot of, you know, you sort of give the, Hey, we'd like you to be the, the youth leader here. And, uh, anyways, and go for script. it. They sort of shrug your shoulder, their shoulders. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think I'll just stay home and hide under my bed instead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I have fallen into that trap so many times. So I was the young women president in my ward prior to being the state young women's president. And so often, you know, I would have a plan going forward. I would create an agenda. I would pass it off to class president and say, okay, here you go. Here's everything that you need to say. And then they read it. And every time there's a question, they turn to me and say, okay, what's the answer to this? Cause I don't know. Yeah. And, and why was that? Why, why was that such an issue? It was because I wasn't including them early enough in the decision-making process. I was making a plan and then I was bouncing it off of them and them saying, yeah, okay. And then moving forward with the plan that I really had created. And that's not authentic youth leadership. I needed to include them earlier in the process. And that's why I think it's so important to include a co-president in my state presidency. So as, as ideas are being discussed, it's really coming from the co-president and her assistants, they're giving their feedback much earlier into the process. And it, and they are in turn coming up with the ideas and presenting it to us. And then we're hashing it out just as far as feasibility, budget, you know, those questions that the youth can't really be expected to know the answer to. And then it's going to the state youth council on a, and they're the ones who are deciding, yes, I like A and B, but I don't like C and D. And including them earlier into that process is key. That's one reason why I, I really suggest focusing on a class presidency meeting much more than an adult presidency meeting, even at the ward level. So often you'll have a adult presidency meeting that lasts, you know, for an hour, hour and a half. And so many of the decisions are being made in that adult presidency meeting where there aren't any youth present rather than making all those big decisions in a class presidency meeting. Mm -hmm. Having more frequent class presidency meetings and really shifting the focus to those class presidency meetings and increasing the status of that class rather than the status of the adult presidency. Yeah, man, I love that. So it sounds like when, so maybe the adult advisor of a certain class is sort of saying like, okay, we're going to meet every week as a class presidency mm -hmm. and, and that adult advisor might be in the room sort of maybe prodding them when they need some help, but making yeah. sure that the discussion continues between them and they're making decisions or ideas or brainstorming. And then when it gets to that next level or it gets to the adult presidency meeting, those ideas started with the youth and continue on with the youth's uh, push, right? That's right. So if the class presidency meeting is really the priority and if those class presidency meetings are happening on a weekly basis, then all of the members of that class presidency know exactly what's going on. They have ownership over it. They remember what the assignments were because there wasn't this big lead time of a month between each presidency meeting. So often you'll go into a class presidency meeting, and I'm sure probably the same with a quorum presidency meeting, where 
you have to rehash and remember everything that was decided before. You know, you're scrabbling like, where are my notes? Who decided to do what? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of lost opportunity within those subsequent weeks where you could have been doing something, but hey, I filled my assignment. I'm done. I'll report it in three weeks from now. Good to go, right? Yeah. Well, you lose a lot of time and effectiveness that way. So if you're having shorter, more frequent presidency meetings, then you're able to push that envelope of how effective you can be. It allows you to shift from just administering an activity to truly ministering to the youth in your ward or your stake. It allows you to have the time to say, hey, how are we doing on Come Follow Me? Or what can we do better to support ministering? Or, you know, there's this girl who I who something came up yesterday and I can talk to her about it right now. Whereas if I waited a month to have that class presidency meeting, you know, three weeks have gone by and the support simply isn't as effective. You yeah. can't be as responsive as you would be if you could be there and talking about it on a weekly basis. Yeah. And saying a, a weekly class presidency meeting can feel very intimidating mm-hmm. because we have this idea of a presidency meeting as- lasting an hour, hour and a half. I've been to meetings that are two and a half hours before. <laughs> Don't <laughs> <Yeah>. recommend it. <laughs> but if you have more frequent but shorter activities, those youth can really fill the role and they can feel that they have ownership over the process. They have the opportunity to voice their opinions, to make opinions and to really have a, a lasting impact on the girls in there in, or the, the boys in, the, in their leadership. Yeah. And would what have you seen it during the, the shutdown with the pandemic? Uh, is, is it mainly it's a weekly Zoom meeting that they're quickly doing or? Yeah. Yeah. Meetings over Zoom are going to be a lasting impact or a lasting change that yeah. um, we will continue to do after the pandemic. And I hope it does last because we can be much more effective, especially for these stakes who are drawn out over a large geographic area. Being able to feel more natural in a Zoom meeting is a skill that will take practice and we're having that practice now. And that shouldn't be a skill that we lose. Yeah. And in the, before the pandemic, it was this a meeting, these meetings would happen like right after a church or did you try mm-hmm. and do them in person? Yeah. Right after church or right before a youth activity, this idea of a weekly presidency meeting is fairly new in our stake. We attended a coordinating council meeting with our area representative, and he was really pushing for a weekly class activity meetings. And um, I assumed that other stakes, other coordinating councils around around the church are going to be getting the same council if they haven't already. But I've been able to connect with other stake leaders in other areas, and they all have various ways of managing this. But across the board, all of the stakes that I've spoken to who have implemented weekly class activity, class presidency meetings and quorum presidency meetings, across the board, they've been very responsive in saying how much it's changed their ability to function and their effectiveness. Yeah. And then how did they correlate with the adult presidency meetings? Did you usually invite the youth into those uh, when those happened? And, and how often did, do you recommend those happen? So I, I always recommend having the president come in and the adult presidency meetings, hmm. um, having the oldest or having the, the president of the classes or the quorum come in to the adult presidency meetings, simply because you get more input that way. 
you get their feedback and you can, you can be more effective. Those youth decisions, in my experience, have always been more effective than the decisions that I'm trying to make myself. I get an idea in my head and I push it thinking that it's going to be so great. But having the youth input, it always makes it better. Always. It's never not made it better. And how often did you meet as an adult presidency? So I would meet monthly, but having that youth feedback and focusing on those class presidency meetings are where you get the, the weekly interaction. Great ideas. Awesome. Uh, what else have we missed here? I, I, we've touched on a lot of these principles that you've written down. As we wrap up here, what are we missing? Anything you want to add before we, we wrap up? I would also just like to say, as far as the lessons that we're teaching to our youth, we need to be as honest and relevant as we possibly can be with the youth. I've been focusing quite a bit on speaking about spiritual resilience, and I've been writing about spiritual resilience. I've been trying to teach spiritual resilience, and that comes from being very humble. That comes from humbly and honestly talking about the ways in which you need to improve and the ways in which the Holy Ghost interacts with you. So often we think of the Holy Ghost as, as guiding us in these hinge point moments of our lives. And really the Holy Ghost is active with us on a, on a daily basis. It, the Holy Ghost will be active in those weekly class presidency meetings. The Holy Ghost can be active um, with the youth on a daily basis. And they need to recognize that the Holy Ghost is interacting in their lives all the time. We just may not be recognizing it enough. So we need to give more recognition to those small interactions, that idea to send a text, that idea to focus on a topic, that idea to, hey, maybe I should look at that scripture one more time. We need to be recognizing those small interactions and really giving them the value that they hold. You know, there, there is a divine being interacting with you on a daily basis. And that is miraculous. We need to give more weight to those small interactions. I love that so much. So, and, and Charlie, I want to make sure I, I, we mentioned that your work that you've, uh, your writing you've been doing about resilience and you have a book coming out uh, around that yeah. topic. Maybe tell us about it and then I'll ask you one more question. Sure. So the book is called Spiritual Resilience, Leading Our Youth to Go and Do. And it's written for parents to help their youth be better prepared for a future that we can't predict, but it's still going to be bright and miraculous. And so it's written to help youth and parents recognize what it is that really creates the framework of a resilient faith, which principles really help support that faith. And that is based on our temple covenants. It's based on those that security net that Christ gives us and the guarantees that he's provided us through our covenants. And I've, in order to teach these principles, I've relied on the example of Nephi. So I've really dug into the story of Nephi, who is a youthful hero. When he was just a teenager, he had the resilient faith to say, I will go and do. How was he able to do that? Why was he able to do that? What is it that allowed him to make the decisions that he made as a teenager? And so I try and answer that question and then replicate that for parents in a modern, relevant way so that they can support their youth in building up some of that, that same knowledge. Love it. And is it available now on Amazon or when, when is it released? So it is available for pre-order right now in paperback and ebook. The audiobook will be coming out in a couple of weeks and that should be available shortly. But the paperback and ebook are coming out April 13th. 
Perfect. Well, I'm excited to check it out and I think it'll be a strong tool for others. So the last question I have for you, Charlotte, as you reflect on your time as a young women's president, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? My time working with the youth has helped me feel so much more confident about the future. I see the youth and their capacity. I see the youth as as solving the problems that you and I are trying very much to um, be more informed about and, and to find better solutions to work on. But the youth are the ones who are really going to implement those solutions. It's the youth who are going to build on what we've already created. And the miracles that are foretold in the future aren't going to come about simply because Christ has decided that it's time to go. It's going to be because the youth and the future generations simply are going to do this job better than you and I can do it. And I see that. I see that in them. I see their their ability and their capacity. It gives me a great amount of confidence and, and I'm excited about it. That concludes my interview with Charlotte Gettle. Uh, it was good, right? I mean, right? The great ideas, perspective, really uh, explained everything, articulated everything wonderfully. Check out her book. We'll link to it in the show notes if you want to make sure you get a copy of it. I think it would be a great resource for any youth leader. And another favor I ask is if you know a youth leader, whether it's young women or young men, if you would send them this episode, drop the link in a an email or text it to them, uh, share it through whatever podcast podcast service you use, but this really helps us get this valuable information out to as many leaders as possible. And uh, it's up to you to share it. If you know of anybody else that we should reach out to for a How I Lead segment, no matter the calling, the perspective, we would love to get as much, uh, as many perspectives on the How I Lead segment as possible. We're dropping them every Wednesday and seeing how that goes. And uh, so send us your names of individuals you would you would recommend we reach out to go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and drop the information in there maybe give uh, this individual you're recommending a a quick message so that they know that this is something they're that you're doing and we'll reach out to them and see if they'd be willing to allow me to stick a microphone in their face and ask them some questions about how they lead again go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and I remind you once again to text the word LEAD to 474747 in order to subscribe to the Leading Saints weekly newsletter. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.